Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's just all of us here at Drunk Women, and we're so excited to have reached our 100th episode. It's a lot of glasses of wine. It's a lot of amazing guests, and we just wanted to thank our amazing fans for supporting us all along the way. You guys are the best. I heartily agree. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we just wanted to say thank you for listening, didn't we? If you have been enjoying the podcast as much as we have, please tell all your friends and subscribe and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and also tell us your listener crimes in a review on Apple Podcasts and then we can sort everything out. (laughs) Well put, Katie. And yeah, and the best way to support us is to just tell all your friends about us and tweet about us, follow us on social media, just let everyone know at every single second of your day that we are a podcast and that we've got 100 episodes and we're going to do 100 more and even more after that yeah just spread the word that's the way even if you're in therapy like tell your therapist because they will be listening on the way home tell your doctor tell your teachers (laughs) tell your children and then they'll be old enough to to listen someday right we're so excited (laughs) to kick off this episode we had the fantastic iconic ricky lake which was an amazing experience so we hope you enjoy happy 100th here's to the next 100 Drunk women, now it's time for drunk women solving crime. 
Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Taylor Glenn, and I'm a writer and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. As well as author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. This is where beer meets breaking and entering, Prosecco meets perjury, and vodka meets vandalism. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime... Get your people to talk to us direct, because we don't have people. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I'm so good at this game. (laughs) I claim to be my parents' illegitimate daughter. They don't like that. (laughs) This is such a great episode of the Ricky Lake Show. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time. For drunk women solving crime. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. Yay! I can't believe it. Is that how many times we've been drunk? That's confronting, but we'll, we'll <laughs> deal with that another time because I am so excited to introduce our guest for this episode. It's the fantastic Ricky Lake. Yay! 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 so happy to be a part of your 100th episode. Let's make this one a bang. <laughs> so Ricky's on a different time zone than us, but it's like 1 p.m. there, but you are committing to the cause, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's called Drunk Women Solving Crime, so I was happy to break my normal, which is to start drinking around 5 or 5.30 <laughs> during COVID. I mean, COVID, you have to understand the rules, the, all bets yeah. are off. And this is like yeah. a gig for me. This is work. So yeah, yeah I, I I poured myself. I'm not. I'm on my second gin and tonic, and it's Yay. 109. Cheers. Cheers. Well Cheers. Done. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. It would be lovely if it were in person, but it's great to have you on our screen. So we always kick off our episodes by asking every guest this question: Ricky, have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have a number of times. But I thought I would tell you when I actually committed a crime. Would you prefer to hear that? I went to jail for for animal rights. Did you not know this? You didn't know this? No. Yeah, this is is probably before you were born, all of you. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Uh, 19, well, maybe, okay, right, you you were like in diapers. In 1994, I went to jail with PETA for protesting right. fur. So oh. it was it was one of those experiences I learned so much. I wouldn't take it back, but it was it was hell. I was thrown in the tombs down in downtown in New York for wow. 30 hours. We 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 ended up breaking into Carl Lagerfeld's private offices and we stickered the place and we handcuffed oh, ourselves. Wow. It was very dramatic and it was very romantic with my my <laughs> my then husband at the time. Right. And uh, you know it was all for the cause, but um, yeah. I was kind of used as like a prop for PETA, Rudy Giuliani, who was the mayor at that time, kind of used me as an example. And I had to do Letterman right the next day when I got out of jail. I was released from jail and I went straight to David Letterman. So it was, and and, and my bosses, I was on my talk show at the time. Which one was was worse, jail or Letterman? 
<laughs> jail. I'm just kidding. Jail, jail, <laughs> jail. And if you ever got, if you ever saw Hairspray, where my character Tracy Turnblad gets thrown in jail for yeah. protesting segregation, yeah. you know, it literally was like life imitating art because I was literally in jail watching myself on TV on the news. I did my pre-interview <laughs> for Letterman on the payphone. I called them collect from my cell. I mean, it was one of those wow. weird, surreal, oh romantic, God. exciting, and something I'd never do again. <laughs> yeah. It was funny though, yeah, listening to that whole story, I'm like, oh, it sounds so glamorous, like a New York jail and Letterman. Like, oh, oh, I love it. it. It was that, and it was also like, I was thrown in the paddy wagon and getting your mugshot. I remember the woman who took my mugshot and she had to frisk me and she goes, girl, you're so tiny. And I was like, really, really? <laughs> You think? I still have my little my little mugshot somewhere, but um, it was it was something, and I, you know I wouldn't take it back. But again, it was like what you know you realize in those experiences. Like I was definitely used in a lot of different ways, and I, my heart was pure. Like I really didn't need the publicity. I was really doing it because I believed in the cause. And sure. I, rem I remember I was in London shortly after, and Paul and Linda McCartney sent me flowers. Ah! Shut Whoa, up! Whoa, this gets fancier. My yeah. God. <laughs> I know it was it was it was unreal yeah I was like oh my god because you know they were a big part of PETA and they were huge vegan I wasn't even yes. vegan I wasn't vegan but I was you know obviously against animals being used and, and destroyed for their fur so anyway it was it was Whoa. you're right it was romantic it was dramatic it was exciting and it was something that I learned my lesson and I'll never I will never put myself in the position of being uh, in trouble like that again Wow. Okay. I mean, I, 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 that's, I say that, and I'm actually like, I consider myself to be a real activist about certain things, but I don't, I try not to do anything illegal. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's no shame in that. That's fine. No, um, that's, in my old, in my old age, it's a really good story. It was really, <laughs> I, I wouldn't take it back, but it was a one and done thing. Yeah. That's such a roller coaster to go from prison to Letterman. I mean. <laughs> There oh, I showered. Else that's ever done that. I remember because we were, I, was, I was in there for 30 hours. Couldn't shower. I couldn't anything. So we got to Letterman, and my husband and I took a shower in the dressing rooms at Letterman. And then oh, I had to go. Boy. I had to go on Letterman, and my bosses, who are you know the producers of my talk show, they're like, "You need to distance yourself from PETA. You need to say you were used. Oh, you knew." And I'm like, wow. "No." I actually believe in what I was doing. Yeah. I just, I just didn't know it was going to be a private. They, like the, the, the thing that they changed up, which Peta changed up, is that it was supposed to be public space. It was supposed to be in front of Saks Fifth Avenue, and they changed it to private offices, oh. which went, it went from a misdemeanor to a felony. Oh. And so, so I didn't know that. That's a big deal to switch it up. That's not like we're meeting at eight thirty instead of nine. No, exactly. <laughs> it was, it was definitely a different set of. Uh, charges and it took 18 mm. months to get the charges dropped and it was really it was really unpleasant and at the same time I think we did do a good thing you know mm. I, but it, I was definitely a scapegoat in a, in a lot of it Wow and really oh. Peter should be protecting goats if anything and, and, <laughs> but I'm bummed yeah I mean <laughs> I have I, I have no hard feelings no hard feelings I can't say I would do it again knowing what I know now, but I'm not, I don't regret that I did it. No, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have a newfound respect for me. You respected me before, but now it's like a next level, right? Oh, you know yeah, the... your stock has, has just, just... 
skyrocketed. Also, that moment Ricky. when you thought none of us were born before 94. I mean, <laughs> that's when we fell in love. We're, we're still so flattered. Yeah. Oh, good. I didn't want to reveal this, but on Zoom, you can click an option that says enhance my appearance. And we've all clicked that. So wait, I'm... wait, where do I do that? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I where do I remember? Do... You don't need to. Stop it. Yeah, I was in high school in 1994. Come on. You yeah. were in high school. Okay. We're peers. We're peers. I whatever. I own my age. I love I'm 51. I fucking love who I am now. I'm going with my gray hair. Look, you guys I see. I love it. Really good. Awesome. Dude, I shaved my head at the beginning of the year because I was dealing with like hair loss and it was driving me crazy. And now it all yeah. grew back. It grew back and I have like thick freaking hair. That is like oh, that looks great. I'm Ricky, into it's it. It's fucking Thank gorgeous, you. and yeah. I'm already drunk, and I will not, guys. They're like, oh shit, here she goes. But I saw you because you've been speaking out about hair loss, and I've been dealing with that for years, and it is so, you know, it's just really emotional, and you just feel like it, it's, it's shameful. On your mind all the time. It's really shameful, yeah. and it's like so I, I might shave my head too. Let's see. It's the it's one of the best things. It's the most courageous thing I've ever done. Beats fucking going to jail for PETA. I, <laughs> shaved, I have the footage. I have the freaking video footage of me taking the buzzer and doing oh, do it. You? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And it was it was like balls to the wall. And and to have the reward of it growing back normal and healthy and like I'm sticking to my natural color, which yeah, I, it looks amazing. Yeah. I'm so into it. It's Thank great. you. Thank you. Okay, but see if I do the same thing tonight and take footage, like I feel like it's not going to be as glamorous. It's not going to work out the same. So I'm trying to start a trend. I'm starting a trend. Okay. <laughs> Good. Well, Ricky, normally if someone shares uh, a story about being a victim of the crime, we say, uh, what would you say to the perpetrators in the room? I'm going to ask you a different question. Because 1994 is longer ago than we want to admit, isn't it? This is how, you know what I mean? Like albums come around and it's the anniversary. And I'm like, yeah, like Nirvana was big 10 years ago, right? But that's a long time ago. Yeah. What would you say to your 1994 self if you could give her some advice before all of that went down? I mean, I would say it, it gets better. Like my life was pretty good back then. I was madly in love. I was newly married. I was on a hit show. I was kind of riding this wave of like, like total success, and yet it it, it gets rough. I mean, I might, there's been so many ups and downs in my life and career, but it's getting better and better. You know, like I feel like I'm the best me I've ever been, and um, it's like loving, truly loving yourself. I mean, I think a lot of like my life I spent hating myself, hating my body, whether it was my hair, uh, my weight, and I think I wasted. So so much time on judging myself and being unkind to myself. So I think if I could turn back the clock and really let go of those those day those hours and hours and hours of self-loathing, um, I probably would have been better off. Hmm. Oh, oh my God! Cheers yeah. to that. Is that yeah. too? That, no, oh no! That is a hundredth episode show. That is hundredth episode. <laughs> truth. I love it. Cheers yeah. to that. We we all needed to hear that. Cheers. Cheers. You mm. and your gin and tonics need to keep speaking these words. They're gonna. I'm gonna be slurring very soon. Just get ready for it. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. This case involves one of America's most notorious con artists who pulled off what some consider the greatest bank heist in U.S. history. Was it 
a man or a woman? It's a man. That's true. Uh, that's what I don't I know. People jumping in. What makes you think it's a man? Your your description described a relationship I was in. I dated a sociopath con artist for six oh. weeks. He didn't commit a bank heist per se, uh-huh. but but he definitely like took advantage. And so I just immediately envisioned a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. fair enough. Like the, the con artist profile. It struck a chord. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Speak from the gut. You guys, would, what do you think? I would love it to be a woman just for representation, but like stereotypically con men are men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And also like with con artists or with people when they're described in things like this in, in history, yeah. it, you didn't say a busty con artist. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure it couldn't have been a woman. It's so true. They always have to describe a woman's looks. We come across yeah. this all the time. So I'm afraid in this case, we probably will have to discuss her looks because they did <gasps> speak of it because it's a woman. Oh, oh it's a woman. Oh, yes. Yay. Uh, Girl Becky, power. I'm so excited because I've been holding on to this case for a long time and I'm like, I'm going to save this for a very special guest. For the guest Here or the are. 100th show. Okay. <laughs> well, <fans. laughs> Exactly. I don't count so well, so it's more about the gift. Okay, so it's a female con artist who committed a bank heist. Okay, yes. Awesome. In, in the form of bank fraud. This like, is the case women of women couldn't even have bank accounts. Okay, wait. This must Katie, be Katie. No, that okay, was literally sorry. my next line. Well oh. done, because well, not my next line, but my le- my next two lines. This is the case of Elizabeth Bigley, better known as Cassie Chadwick. The reason that some consider this the greatest bank heist in the U.S. is because at the time she was committing fraud, women could not even apply for bank loans and they didn't even have the vote. So with those two details, what year do you think Elizabeth, a.k.a. Cassie, pulled off her biggest con job? Is it called a con job? I was trying to sound like really... That sounds a bit mucky, actually. That's a bit, that's a little bit weird. Yeah, bring up, keep it in the bedroom with your con jobs. Just con, her con. Women got the vote in America in 1921? No. Later. Wait. Uh oh. I can seriously. (laughs) Okay, this is really going to be bad on me and my academia. Maybe it was 1920, and then because the first Miss World, the first Miss America competition was the year after women got the vote, and it was like this kind of backlash to try and be like, "Hey, stop oh. organizing together and fixing the world. Get back to trying to look pretty for us." Wow! It literally was the year, like, so if it was like 1920, it was like 1921 was the first Miss America, or if it was 1921, then 1922 was the first Miss America. God, I'm gonna I go swear. with I'm gonna go with what she says because I have no idea. <laughs> I would have guessed well, later. I would have guessed later, but I don't want to be wrong in this way. Well, see, America was before the UK. I know that. I can't remember the exact bloody dates. They though. were. That's why. See, I always think the UK is 1920 and the US was 1918. But look, we're in the right ballpark. It's, it's and the to right me, ballpark. That's fine. History's mucky. It's fine. So, <laughs> what's what's your official guess then? What year, Katie? Well, that's the year women got the vote, but she's doing it before then, right? Yep, she's doing it before. 1917. Nice. Yeah. Do you like the oh. sound of it? Do you like the sound of that? No, I just like when people blurt out answers. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hannah, blurt out an answer because Katie's pondering. 1912 because of the Titanic. <laughs> oh, God. Consistency. Okay, good. <laughs> Katie. Um, 
Katie, you've no. taken too long. It was 1902. Okay. Oh, oh, I was genuinely going to say 1901. I'm not just saying that. Okay. Oh, I love how honest you were that you're like, I was going to say 1901. You didn't make it sound like, so I believe you now, which is actually a really good con. And that brings ah. us to. Now I've established trust. Now you're going to tell me stuff. What? I don't now, know what con men do. I'm going to call her Elizabeth until she turns into Cassie. So I don't mean to confuse you, but she's Elizabeth. She's born in 1857 in Eastwood, Ontario. Her family lived on a farm with their eight children. A lot of kids. And I didn't mean to make that face. I just, I've been in lockdown with parenting. You understand. Anyway, um, (laughs) Elizabeth was known to tell fibs as a child, and she had a huge imagination. And she's one of eight kids. She's one of eight kids, and her sister remembered watching her practicing signatures as a child. As one does. As one does, yeah, you know. There's blocks, and then there's forgery. <laughs> Pick what you want. So I used to do my mum's, like, quite well, like, on the, you know, sort of get me out of pee kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I could... Um... But that's later in life, right? Like, as a little kid. Yeah, not as a tiny little kid. Yeah, no. we all got out of PE. Come on. I had my period for, like, 300 days in a row, so I didn't have to shower. I was too embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> How old was Elizabeth when she first attempted bank fraud? So I'd say she was probably in her early 30s or late 20s. Well, her biggest con was in 1902. But how old was she? She started when she was young. Oh, younger. Okay. Okay. So when do you think she gave it a go? Let's say 12. How about 12? I'm going to copy and say 12 as well. Okay. I, I like also think 12. I also think in like family movies when there's a 12-year-old kid as the lead in the film, that's always like the kid is always like really capable. So I think 12 is when you can like you can go on an adventure and it's okay. Detectives, great fucking work. I <laughs> I really thought you were going to be like 20s because it's a bank it's bank fraud. She was 14. Oh. But you're so close to it. I thought you'd be I was so excited. Do we win a prize? Is there any Do we win yeah. something? <laughs> do. Take some margin. Take right, a big Hannah, step. let's copy Ricky from now on. <laughs> right, so, I'll get my razor. <laughs> <laughs> she managed to open a bank account in Canada using a fake letter of inheritance that she'd forged from a fake uncle in England. She is arrested because she's writing bad checks, but they let her go because of her age. Good on you. Yeah. As an adult, Elizabeth moves to the U.S. and she lives in Cleveland, Ohio. She changes her name and she starts a business. What do you think the business was? I guess something that she gets paid for by check so that she's got all the people's bank details. How about printmaking? Ooh, Ooh, I like it. Do you like that? (laughs) It just feels of the time. But she still, so she's changed her name, but is she pretending to be a dude or everyone thinks she's a lady still? No, 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 she's a woman. So it's got to be something women are allowed to do. Oh, good point. So, like, nothing. I think, <laughs> I think if, I give you, if I give you her alias, it might be a good clue. Oh, she okay. named herself Madame Lydia de Vere. Is it she the oldest a, profession? Yeah, she was, a, she was a prostitute, or she had a brothel. Oh, that's a really good guess, and hold that thought. But she was a clairvoyant. Oh, she was oh. psychic. Okay. She was, okay. Yeah. Well, posing as one. So she sets up shop as a clairvoyant and she manages to secure a bank loan and she's borrowing from various people. I love thinking of 
fortune tellers in this era though like if a woman goes to see a clairvoyant i just i don't know i don't know what they would predict like soon we'll get the vote (laughs) (laughs) until then you're oppressed i don't know things are ticking along she's clairvoyanting and then she meets her first husband dr wallace springsteen however Dr. Springsteen's sister soon figures out that she has been conning people, taking out loans, racking up debt. So Dr. Springsteen files for divorce. It's a very short love story. Their marriage lasted 12 days. Wow. Um, But hey, they gave it a shot. I love that fucking sister who was like, I'm just going to wait for them to get married. Then I'm going to drop that bomb like about 12 days into their marriage. Like, when did she know about that? Wally, you always like the old Ricky Lake show, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, doorbell. Oh, I wonder who's here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's look at their relationship. (laughs) That would be an amazing new format doing it as like historical crimes, and they all would be. Oh my god, I I smell a a segue from this, a little uh, (laughs) new series. Let's talk. Amazing, yes. Please. I won't let my brother move on. <laughs> Get your people to talk to us direct because we don't have people. <laughs> anyway, so what does Elizabeth do next? She's good at bank fraud. She's set up as a clairvoyant. She's had her first divorce. What do you do next? Well, she should know, shouldn't she? She's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can. She's got access to banks now because she can pretend she's still married or something. Oh, okay. Ay, ay, ay. She, I mean, she has so many opportunities. She's, she's, the world is her oyster. <laughs> she's in Cleveland, right? Which is so she's funny. She's in Cleveland. My son went to college just outside of Cleveland. He graduated uh-huh. from there. From Oberlin. Oh, no shit. Oberlin, which is Oberlin College, which is like I the oldest. I know Oberlin. You do? Yeah, it's the oldest. It's the first college to be for women and men. Yes. Like, what, what do you call that? You call that to be too much alcohol. I can't. It's it's, it's <laughs> co-ed. Co-ed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And a lot of other things. I, I think it was the first college to accept black people. I, I it, it has a lot of amazing, amazing um, wow. firsts. Yeah, yeah, but that's right. Yeah. So I've been, I've been to Cleveland many times. So if they're quite progressive by the sounds of things in Cleveland. It is very. It is like very that. progressive. Yeah. It's a really. She cool place. could be. What else could she be? Could she be like, I know this is a bit lame, but could she be like a receptionist? Because if she's a receptionist oh. at a bank or something, then, you know, she's, she's maybe, getting in there. Maybe she job. worked in a bank. Yeah, and gathered okay. intel. These are all good guesses and arguably better choices for Elizabeth, but she actually <laughs> just changes her name again and sets up shop as a clairvoyant again. Ah, oh, man. If it's only partially broke, don't fix it. Um, <laughs> but this time she's Madame Marie LaRose. I just love the names. Okay. Although it would be fun to buck all these cases where people pretend that they're psychic. Their names are always like this. And I feel like I'd respect them more if they're just like, my name's Amy. Sit down. (laughs) Here's your future. Buckle up. It's twisty. I'm Amy. That does happen, though. It probably does. Oh, no. Did you get a reading, Katie? Is that... (laughs) We don't need to go into it. (laughs) Did not go well, I can assume. When I lived in Brooklyn, I followed a sign that was written, not even in pen, but in pencil, and it just had an arrow. And I was like, well, what if they're legit? And I just walked up these stairs and sat in somebody's living room 
and they barely said anything to me and I just felt so stupid and I just like handed over 10 bucks and I left. <laughs> did they not, they didn't read your fortune at all? Well, did they look at your palm? What did they do? No, they didn't. They're just like, your life is going to be, I think they said something like your life will be complicated. And I was like, yes, I think <laughs> it will be because life is complicated. Anyway, I gave 10 bucks for that and it was worth it. So, okay. So she sets up shop. She lands herself another husband, but this time she gets him to sign a prenup. She eventually files for divorce. She cites adultery and she gets a payout. So she's learning. She's learning on the job. Okay. I bet this guy didn't have sisters. No sisters. (laughs) (laughs) They can appear on the Ricky Lake show. It's just not going to work out. So in 1889, she's arrested on charges of fraud and forgery, and she's sentenced to nine and a half years in prison. She's released early. And then she returns to Cleveland in 1893, changes her name to Cassie Hoover, and sets up another business. You guys totally already said it. What is this business? Oh, it's a prostitute. So a clairvoyant prostitute. Brothel, brothel owner. Brothel, bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. I'm so good at this game. (laughs) You're so good at this game. You're winning. You're winning. We're all winners here. I'm re-pouring. It's the adrenaline, and then I drink so fast, and I get all nervous, and I can't even hear myself talk. It's very... Podcasting's hard. (gasps) Clairvoyant was right in Brooklyn. Running a a brothel is easy. (laughs) Anything you'd like to share? No, I just can only imagine. I would imagine that Marie LaRose de... Cassie Hardick, whatever you said. Yeah. I just think she had the knack. Yeah. She was very good at it. She opens a brothel in Cleveland. I love a Cleveland brothel. But she soon meets another fella, Dr. Chadwick. She loves doctors. She keeps marrying doctors. Now, this is one of my favorite parts of her story. He swings by her workplace one day, so she's totally caught off guard. He doesn't know what she does. What does she tell Dr. Chadwick? her job is what's her cover story for this place um i sort of love the fact that she needs a cover story like if he didn't know that she worked there he was just going to the brothel surely. oh my god that's true <laughs> like, it's like, like, oh what are you what are you doing here <laughs> yes and they both need a cover story he's like i bet oh, they were both mm. i just want to read the articles <laughs> i think she's a healthcare worker for women okay that's good and so underhanded too if that was if she was like, yeah, I'm helping all these women. Yes. That's not far off. She says that it's just a boarding house for women. So she's looking after women from difficult backgrounds. But what's great is Dr. Chadwick says, oh, really? Because I thought it was a brothel. So what does Elizabeth do next when he calls her on it? She makes a citizen's arrest because he was going to go to a brothel. (laughs) She lies. She lies to him. She lies. How does she do that, though? Does she say they're a female football team? Exactly. <laughs> Hannah, that's great. <laughs> Just trying to work out what, how she could lie about that. It's a very dramatic gesture. She doesn't say anything. She does something at the word brothel. She throws up. So <laughs> I'm going to give you the point, Ricky. She, she pretends to faint. Okay. Okay. Oh wow! Same. That's the same ballpark for sure. 
It's so the same ballpark. And at first I was like, oh, that's so lame, like pretending like, oh, I'm so offended. And then I was like, no, I need to bring this into my life. I'm going to start just fucking collapsing when I'm not sure what else to do. I'm just going to crumple. Why is she in trouble when he's like, I thought this was a brothel. And we haven't even got to the bottom of like, why? Because well, they're dating. So she doesn't want like this on her reputation. She, she wants can to be, be like, like, dude, you're busted trying to go to a brothel. Well, we don't know that he was going to the brothel. I think it's more that he was like swinging by to take her on a date. And he's like, I came by your workplace. In fact, it's the whole plot of Pretty in Pink. That's a niche reference, but a few people will appreciate it. Mm. I'm old enough to know the reference. (laughs) You know, he comes by the record shop and he's like, I'll take you home. She's like, no, just take me back to the record shop. It's great. Wrong side of the track. Ducky's there. Ducky's there. there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they get married. They wind up living on a they really famous street. They still get married. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they live on Euclid Avenue, which is better known as Millionaire's Row, which is close to a very famous wealthy family. Any guesses who that family was? What year Ooh. is it now? They got married in 1897. Are we still in Cleveland? We're in Cleveland. Euclid I, yeah, yeah, I have no, I have no clue. I'm going to say Rockefeller because it's the only wealthy person I know. It's the bloody Rockefellers, Katie. Oh, shit. Yay. Can you guys tell I'm getting cozier and cozier in my bed, by the way? (laughs) I love it. I love that the last 30 minutes of the episode will just be Ricky Maybe snoring. Maybe snoring. (laughs) Hey, Ricky. Thanks for joining. Okay. They're close to the Rockefellers, and they also lived close to a guy called John Hay, who had been Abraham Lincoln's private secretary. Hmm. Okay. Those male secretaries get paid a lot more. The wage gap back then was a lot worse. So soon after they've settled down in Cleveland, Cassie pulls off her biggest con ever. So we're coming up to 1902. And it involves another famous wealthy family who live in New York and have strong links to Pittsburgh. Mild stomping ground. Go Steelers. I don't know enough. Come on, Detective Lake. I mean, I'm trying to think of like museums and stuff like Guggenheim. So many buildings and libraries named after this dude. Okay. Uh, The Morgan. (laughs) The, I mean, I'm from New York. I'm trying to think of libraries. Uh, It's Andrew Carnegie. Oh, Carnegie Carnegie Hall. I sang, by the way, not to throw this off topic completely, but I sang at Carnegie Hall twice. Cool. Twice. Wow. Do tell. What was it like? I sang with Alan Cumming, who opened there, and I did a thing with him. He's amazing. And I did a thing with Mark Shaman, who wrote the music for Hairspray, and so I sang there as well, second time. Anyway, I don't mean to take away from your little crime story, but, you know. (laughs) Um, that's literally the point of the podcast so keep doing that Um, and guys I've I've been to a library so uh, I think we've all done things Um, no you haven't (laughs) I know I'm just saying it to impress Ricky you probably had sex in the library Hannah come on drunk women solving crime do you remember what it's like being in your 20s I sometimes look back at that period of my life and laugh just as much as I cringe. If you do the same, then you've got to watch Queenie, the new original series on Hulu. Who is Queenie? Queenie is a 20-something year old living in London. 
She's facing all the firsts. First major heartbreak, first shitty apartment and soul-sucking job, first therapy session to work through those mommy issues. Can she turn her quarter-life crisis into a revolution? Maybe. Will she make some questionable decisions along the way? Definitely. All episodes of Queenie premiere June 7th, streaming on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So the con involves bank fraud, but there's a huge twist in how she pulls this off. And it has to do with Andrew himself. Any guesses how she starts going on a bank fraud rampage using Andrew Carnegie. Well, can she fake his signature and he's a doctor? She does fake his signature, but she claims a different relationship with him. She claims that she's his wife. Ooh. Not girlfriend. She's girlfriend or child Sister? or... or... Ooh. Andrew Carnegie at this point is... Oh, I didn't write down his age, but he's an older guy at this point. Oh, so she's his niece, like pretty woman. Ooh. Right, right? I love yeah. the reference. <laughs> she nice. claims to be his illegitimate daughter. Ah, okay. Oh, oh okay. wow. Yeah. I claim to be my parents' illegitimate daughter. They don't like that. They <laughs> don't like it at so. all. They don't go for that. <laughs> no. It's a horrible expression, isn't it? I mean, just to point out, like... Bastard. What's worse, illegitimate or bastard? Well, yeah. bastard's pretty harsh. Would you rather? Which one? Ooh. Would you rather be a bastard child I or mean, I've dated child? both, so let me... <laughs> <laughs> bastard's a horrible word, but it's mm. a great word. Like, I like to say it. I use it as a just... I yell it when I drop shit. I'm like, bastard! I, I say, say fuckers! I say fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> Multiple. I like that. Lots of fuckers. So is niece is niece correct? No, illegitimate daughter. Oh shit! I literally, we talked. Drama, we talked about it so much. This is such a okay. great episode of the Ricky Lake Show. <laughs> and this we're gonna have the DNA test at the end of this. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! The Carnegie Hall DNA tests. Yeah, but no shit. If you had been available, I feel like you could have sorted this out so much sooner because this goes on way longer than it should have. So the way she does this, like if you thought the fainting was ridiculous, this is more ridiculous. She goes to New York, makes an excuse to Dr. Chadwick, who, by the way, I don't know anything about Dr. Chadwick, except he must have just, I don't know, he's focused on his job because she ends up doing all this shit and he's just not aware. And he's like, she's delightful. We're on millionaire's row. We're fine. It's great. I love that she's doing all this stuff. She goes to New York. She gets her husband's lawyer friend, John Dillon, to accompany her and says, will you take me to my father's house? And he says, sure, not realizing what her father's house is. So they rock up to, like, Carnegie at this point is the richest man in America. Like, they're living in a mansion, mansion, mansion. And she's like, excuse me, I'll only be a minute. So she goes into the house. She pretends that she's hiring a maid. She only speaks to the housekeeper and she says, hey, 
I'm going to hire this woman who I hear used to work for your family and I just need a reference. And the housekeeper goes, I've never heard of this person. And then as she's walking out, she lets this envelope. Oh, Ricky's on the move. No, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm just kidding. I like that. She's getting comfy. So something she lets something fall out of her coat on the way out so that this lawyer guy will see it. And it's an envelope. What's in this envelope? That's going to um, help her pull off this con. Wait, so he's going to ask to see what's in it? He doesn't know what's he in it. He does yet. see what's in it because she does a real, like, ridiculous 80s crime caper. I tripped okay. on a carpet. I'm sorry, so, I just rewatched Three Men and a Baby. And, like, a lot of that movie okay, doesn't Why? Why? <laughs> why? Do you want to know why? Because we, pl- we paid for Disney Plus, and I'm like, well... I liked Hi. this when I was 10. The Little Mermaid. Hello. There's like a million other options to wear, watch a second time. Three Men wow. and a Baby is not. The go- it's not good. I only got a third of the way through. And I have watched The Little Mermaid because I'm daytime Disney with my six-year-old. And then nighttime, I unwind with a little Three Men and a Baby. I'm a loser, Ricky. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay, let me just turn you on to normal people. Normal people. I've seen normal people. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, I am late in the game. I binge watched it this weekend and I'm I'm Did I you? Was, I'm obsessed with it. It was so beautiful. Let's just yes. say three <coughs> men and a baby from with Tom Selleck and <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg is like a different level. It's a different <laughs> like complete genre and like planet. But um, I'm making okay. the wrong okay. choices. But I have seen. I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge. But little fires everywhere. Very good. I, I'm in that. The first episode, they sh- they're watching my sh- TV show, my talk show. I oh, know. Awesome. Wow. I so didn't shoehorn this in so that we could talk about that. But as I was watching it, because I've watched over the past three days, and I was like, "There's Ricky Lake on her show, <laughs> podcast, whatever." That's it's awesome. so funny. I know. I think I got a little residual check from it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you get residuals for, like, people watching your show? They had to get, I remember, I mean, I didn't know what it was at the time, but they had to clear it with me, and I was like, okay, sure, they can show, you know, my show, yeah, whatever. (laughs) You know I make documentaries these days, so I literally, I don't host a talk show, and I make documentaries that don't make any money, but yet change the world, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's a different kind of payback these days. So the letter that you're looking for, that what's-her-name leaves, behind i'm guessing it's a bank check okay, yeah, yeah it's it's basically what was known as a promissory note so oh my god everything's yeah. so low security Detective and like lake is on it i'm kind of good at this game i'm good at this game <laughs> yes you're awesome at this game and you guys are too let's compliment everybody no i'm just i'm sort of i'm half copying detective lake and trying to pretend like i'm not but i am but my dates were totally off let's be honest i was completely fucked on the dates i thought it was gonna be in the 30s but i was wrong so so yeah it's two promissory notes that are signed by andrew carnegie for two hundred fifty thousand dollars and five hundred thousand dollars respectively and yes in 1902 that is a shit ton of money so she spills them in a way that dylan's like okay i'll guess i'll i guess i'll pick these up looks at them and she put a gloved finger to her lips and went shh no one can know that i'm his daughter oh dun 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 
Did she do that bit as well? She went, yeah. dun, dun, yeah. dun. She was the first woman to ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically responds to her saying, please don't tell anybody by telling fucking everybody. Right, because reverse psychology. Sure, sure. As you would. Now, question, does Andrew Carnegie find out that she's claiming to be his illegitimate... illegitimate. <laughs> Try saying that right now if you've had as much to drink as I have. It, illegitimate. Ill- illegitimate. Bastard. <laughs> Bastard. Um, um, I think he must find out because she does get done for fraud in the end, doesn't she? And that's why we know this story. So um, I think that he must find out and, and do something about it. And also the lawyer guy will be like, I better look after the rich men I know. So it's going to get back to him and the people are going to tip him off. If it's if it's out, someone's going to tip him off so that he can make mm. his counter case. Fair, fair guesses. Detective Lake, any advance on this? I just have to pee. <laughs> Go pee. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, go, go pee. pee. Keep going. Don't, keep going, don't keep going, stop keep going, on my account. I'll turn the camera around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't have to take it. Oh, I love this. I love this. She's brought She's brought it with her. This is okay. like the SNL Zoom call. It's so, it's so You know my nickname. My nickname is One Take Lake, okay? So I'm just letting you know that. Hey, okay. This is one take. Yeah, this is one take. I promise this will not be on the promo reel. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not shy. But it's I a love little, it. well, then maybe it will be. This is like that movie, 1917. <laughs> it was all one shot. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hannah, if you want to go pee, me and Katie. No, have no, this. she fine, wants fine. another drink. Hannah wants a drink. No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Let's, let's do Hannah, it. Hannah's little walnut bladder is all right. No, you have to know your limits. <laughs> It's about I don't know why I'm slagging off your bladder. My bladder is much worse than yours, Hannah. <laughs> so once I can't feel when I have to pee since I had a baby. It's it's super fun. I just wow. I estimate when I think I need to pee. Oh God! Honestly, revealed. yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, this is great. I've talked about all the things <laughs> I meant to talk about on our 100th episode. Okay. Okay, good. Right. Once she has these notes, yes, Andrew Carnegie finds out, but he, she he has no idea that she's committing fraud. He just hears that some woman came by and said, "I'm Andrew Carnegie's daughter." But she doesn't, he doesn't put two and two together. Well, no, cuz she's not committing fraud yet. Okay. But, but it's so plausible that he's got a so, daughter that he doesn't know about that he's like, okay, okay we'll just uh, we'll wait so and see what happens. He's fucking people, and everyone's like, yeah, sure, that guy probably has shitloads of kids. Sure. So he doesn't take a chance. He's like, I'll wait and see if she comes back, and just sort of sits quietly, sees what happens. Well, what happens okay. is she goes back to Ohio. Now the banks in Ohio completely buy into these letters. They're like, oh my God, millionaires row, of course. And she's an heiress. She is the one we want to invest in. Let's give her loans. Okay. Financial investors are throwing money at her. And again, the business practices at this time are very loose. So like she'll go into a shop, she'll write a check for an item, but she'll write it for twice as much as the item is worth. And they just give her cash back. Okay. She's my kind of woman. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of hard to not high five Cassie Chadwick. Like an elbow five right now with COVID. I bet. (laughs) Safety first, guys. (laughs) She's very, very clever and she's so charismatic. 
And you just have to wonder, like, if somebody had nurtured that, like, what would she be instead of a con artist? Maybe she would have done it no matter what, but it just feels like, I don't know, she's a talented lady and maybe she didn't have the opportunity. I'm just saying. So what she would do is basically piggyback from one bank to the other. So she would get a loan from one bank, she'd spend the money, and then she'd get a loan from another, pay off that loan, and then open another. <coughs> just going back and back and back. She becomes known as the Queen of Ohio. Wow. I know. I mean, look, my grandparents are from Ohio, but that title leaves a lot to be desired. I'm just saying. Queen of Ohio. I mean, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be like, I'm the Duke of South Dakota. (laughs) Pretty cool. So Cassie, I'm going to call her Cassie. She's not able to keep up with her own debts because she's spending like crazy And I just want to tell you some of the shit that she bought. So she's trying to keep up with these socialites that live on her streets. So to try to fit in, she bought a musical chair that would play music when you sat on it. (laughs) Amazing. Which I am literally going to look for this because I would love that in my house. No, they try and make you buy this for your kids now. You do not want it. Believe me. Oh, really? A musical oh, chair? Oh, fucking, like, there aren't enough musical toys in my fucking house. I do not want a musical oh, fucking Oh, I know, chair. but I'm not thinking, like, Playmobil. I want, like, a classy chair that plays do you Bach know? When, I, when my ass goes on it. Will That's it what classy? I mean. Well, okay. I said Bach, Katie. So, <laughs> I don't know what classy is to you. Okay. She bought a gold organ. She buys clothes. She buys antiques. And one Christmas, I love this, she buys everybody she's friends with on the street a piano. <laughs> That's great. Wow. Here's a piano. Does she end up with children? Does she have children? She Ooh, has good one question. child, which was from which her ha- second marriage, Emile. And I left this detail out just for time, but actually, you know how she's running the brothel? She made one of the women in the brothel look after her son. Was she paid properly for childcare? We don't know. Probably not. Did her son get a piano? Is he like um, Rick Wakeman now? Is that... <laughs> I always prefer to Rick Wakeman. No one knows who he is. It's the only person I know that plays piano. You know Bach. I know Wakeman. Yeah. Hannah, you get red when you drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, my God, the closer I get as well. Yeah. Um, she really does. It's so hot. I call it the booze rouge. Yeah. And it's, yeah. No, you got, a healthy, you got a healthy glow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Exactly. I don't need no blusher. Or maybe just... it's that filter you guys have that I don't fucking have. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe the need filter it, baby. isn't protecting you from the redness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so guys, the case is winding up now because the jig is up when an investment banker in Boston clocks that Cassie is never going to repay the loans, let alone invest in uh, anything. So he's not going to get a return on this. So he files a lawsuit against her. And once this guy in Boston files a lawsuit, suddenly everybody, everybody in Ohio, I don't mean to laugh at the bankers in Ohio, but they're like, wait a minute, what? hang on like she literally decimated at least three banks like put them out of business and they're like golly but she's so charismatic that like later one of them like spoiler she ends up in prison one of them visits her in prison and he's like well i say cassie 
you've put me out of business, but I'm still not sure you're a fraud. Like, still believes her story. So she is just able to spin a tale. She's that good. She's that Mm. good. So everything comes crashing down. Charges are brought against her. How much do historians think she defrauded from the banks? Oh, in today's money or in old money? Either, because, baby, I've got the conversion at the ready. <laughs> I think maybe That's something like... That's my favorite like... pickup line. I've got the conversion. <laughs> maybe $15 million. That's a lot of pianos. I'm going to go $4 million. Yeah, I'm going to go around $5 million. Okay. So at the time, the most conservative estimate is 633000 which in today's money is $16.5 million. Oh, shit. It's a I'm lot. I'm not impressed anymore. No, I'm but, impressed. That's amazing. <laughs> but some people think it was upwards of $1.5 at the time, which is, I don't do maths, but it's a fuckload and it's a lot. So how did she plead? Oh, she pled not guilty for sure. For sure. I'm going to copy Detective Lake. <laughs> did she just faint? <laughs> How do you plead? Oh. <laughs> she pleads not guilty, spot on Detective Lake. In 1905, Cassie Chadwick is found guilty of conspiracy to defraud a national bank. She's sentenced to 10 years in prison. That's it. And Carnegie himself Ooh. finally goes, oh, wow, so this is going on. So he shows up at the trial. Wow. To have a look at Cassie. <laughs> oh, God. But I love this detail. He mostly wanted to get a look at these letters that she had forged because she just kept writing these notes from Carnegie and signing them. And apparently they were really shitty. Like they had spelling mistakes. They looked like a kid <laughs> had written them and everybody fell for them. And he was just embarrassed. He's like, I'm ashamed that anyone thought that I could have done this. <laughs> wow, that's, that's that very is, that pompous. Is it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of he doesn't awesome. come out of this as likable. <laughs> Did she re- send the, spend the rest of her days in jail? Did she die in prison? Oh, good question. What's she does. She does die in prison. She dies in jail. She does. What's funny is I grew up thinking Carnegie was... And I think of all the like factor. Well, of all the industrialists, not that we sat around in my household and talked about industrialists, but my dad worked for U.S. Steel in Pittsburgh, right? Like I grew up in Steeltown, USA, and Carnegie was like God. Like you did not okay. speak against Andrew Carnegie. And when I took my dad to Scotland, we went on the tour, and because he was a philanthropist, and this seems okay. very relevant to what's going on right now it's sort of the question of like you can be a philanthropist but what else was going on and you yeah. know this is not not in yeah. the list of horrible things that happened but yeah um, yeah I don't know he uh, to me he was always sold as this like really philanthropical that's a word right yeah I think that yeah, works that's Let's the word this philanthropic out, also works philanthropic yes philanthropic yeah. is probably the actual word that might be the word we all make our own <laughs> words yes Cassie did not take to prison very well she got very ill she died a couple years later at the age of only 50 in prison 
For a while, her house in Cleveland was a tourist destination until it was torn down and turned into a Baptist church. You've got to believe to deceive. So here's to Cassie Chadwick. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Did we solve the crime? Did we, did we, I mean, I think I did okay. Oh, I think you did very well, actually. Oh my God, you did great. I mean, I, in, in I a, feel in a good case, about it. You should. In a case that actually is solved, because sometimes we do cold cases. Sometimes, sometimes we do crimes that are actually, you know, they come to a resolve. And it's kind of like, did we deconstruct it? Did we bring up all the points that we need to understand ourselves? <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know whether I understand myself anymore before <laughs> after this, but but. <laughs> I'd love to look her up and see. Can I can I Google her and see what she looked like? Was she like a hottie? Was she like a? Yeah. yeah. She must. She must like the fact that she got away with all this shit makes me think she, she has to have it. had something mm. going on. Yeah. Here's an yeah. interesting right? detail, which is slightly disturbing in a sense, just because it plays into like, well, what do we regard as hot? What was blah 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 blah. Well, hot in 1890 is different to hot in. I would have been, oh, I would have been cleaning up in 1890. I have all it takes. Look at my teeth. I mean, come on. She can't tell when she's peeing. Needs to pee. <laughs> I forgot I said that out loud. That's super. That is an art. She, she yeah. lost hearing in one year. There's so many details about this woman that I cannot fit oh, into no. an hour. She lost her hearing as a kid. And so part of her imagination was sort of disappearing off into these fantasies because she couldn't really hear what was going on around her. I know. And um, she developed a speech impediment because of her hearing loss. But all these accounts from people who were sort of enamored with her, they found her really endearing because she was very careful with her words and she was sort of shy about speaking. So Mm. she had this sort of like demure you know charismatic See, this way feeds into her. the whole fucking little mermaid thing where like the less you talk the more they like you oh we've come to the little mermaid that is, is a too. disney plus watch for sure <laughs> <laughs> adventures and babysitting also doesn't hold up i'm watching them all we paid for it i will watch it Oh. Okay. Well, Hamilton is July 3rd. Hamilton. <gasps> I know. Oh, it's oh. Do you know I sat on a plane next to Lynn Manuel Miranda? Like I <gasps> did you? I did like oh, a full on spit take when I was like showed up late for my flight and he was next to my seat. I was like, oh my God, I have six hours to talk this guy's ear off. He was incredible. <laughs> Did you chat then? Like, oh, the whole time, the whole time. And he was texting his family saying, oh my God, I'm on with Ricky Lake. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm on. I was so, he's, he's amazing. He's one of the greatest of our time. Yes. You should get drunk with him. (gasps) We should, shouldn't we? Well, once a year we do men's month and we have but four male guests. So Dare to dream. Have, Dare to dream. We have That's a Dare to dream. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. 
It is now time to quickly solve a listener crime. So one of our listeners has sent this in. This is from Jackie Christie on Apple Podcasts. I came into the house after an evening of getting mildly lashed in the garden to find three pairs of socks mashed, slashed, and snipped. It sounds like Dr. Seuss so far. (laughs) And a handle off of my favorite leather rucksack cut into tiny pieces. One sandal was missing, its straps under my duvet cover, but the cover was undisturbed. Nothing stolen. What's occurring, ladies? No fucking clue. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm really struggling. There's, I have no idea who she lives with. Like, do you live with an alpaca? Because they chew stuff up. But she says slashed. Yeah, it feels a bit like, weird. That feels like a, someone slashed some socks, but why would you do that? Everything involves leather. That's the only, like, I'm trying to bring it together. Like, somebody had an issue with leather goods. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's one of those... BDSM, BDSM relationship. Okay. It could be. It could be. What did she say was happening in the garden? She got, she was just getting drunk in the garden, so she was home. Like, she's in her backyard Mm. so it feels like it's not an intruder this is somebody she lives with she's got a roommate okay so if it's a bdsm relationship is that how you break up with somebody you're like i'm done and i've indicated one and done one and done one and done (laughs) one for the road you know has this come full circle and it's a peter protest ah Oh. Bringing it full circle. Well, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. I think Katie Wilkins has solved the crime. <laughs> well done. I would still like to look into my alpaca question, though, because she may have a pet that she has not declared. Ricky Lake. Oh, my God. We've just had an episode with Ricky oh Lake, God. and you're so fucking you. awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm better drunk than otherwise, right? <laughs> you awesome the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank so, you. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Because I think you have some stuff going on that you'd like people to know. Well, about. I make documentaries these days. I produce documentaries mostly about women's reproductive health and women's sovereignty. And my next awesome. film is called The Business of Birth Control. And it takes a hard look at hormonal birth control and what women should know when they're putting this in their bodies. Does it make your face really red? Because that could be be one of Maybe it's not the alcohol. The side effects. (laughs) Wow, that sounds awesome, though. And when's that coming out? This year, this year. So we're just doing a final cut, and I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a game changer. Yeah, I'm really excited. It's amazing. Well, the whole reason I was brave enough to even approach you in the X Factor Celebrity Green Room is because you made a documentary (laughs) called The Business of Being Born, which just absolutely changed my life and my friend had invited me to be there at her birth and we sat down and watched this and I was just blown away and we're like we love Ricky Lake but we're like a whole other side of Ricky Lake and it's just such a powerful amazing necessary documentary and you are an amazing person so thank you so much you, for being a part thank of you it's such a pleasure thank you for your kind words and thank you for drinking with me day drinking is kind of a thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not mad at it. 
<laughs> the question is, what do I do now with the rest of my day? I got to get through this day. This feels like a great time to do your taxes. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just file it and send it right to Donald. Be like, hey, Donnie. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Donald. <laughs> Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. Keep oh, solving crimes. This was so much fun. You. Have a great day. Bye, ladies. <laughs> Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.